three. Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Needham. I'm an Amazon seller, uh, entrepreneur. Uh, some of my businesses are succeeding. Some of them are neutral. <laughs> All those things. And the goal of this podcast is to help you become a better Amazon seller. This last year, I've actually spent a ton of time launching internationally. It's quite frustrating to figure out all the rules of every single marketplace. There's taxes, there's logistics and importing. There's one company that I used to launch in Australia and their ability to explain the fee structures and to actually get our shipment out the door was extremely fast. This company is called Z. They act as an importer of record in all major Amazon marketplaces, offering expert compliance advice and freight options. And manage all the international shipping needs. This is essential to get your goods across the border the first to end every time. You don't need to figure something out for each country when you have Z as your shipping partner and it's and with a, such an easy solution to international importing. I recommend Z to anyone looking to grow their FBA business worldwide. You can check them out at z.co. We're going to go right into it. I've got with me Hi Mag from Ava. Um, I've been talking with Hi for a while. And, you know, there's uh, one subject that I think he's got a very good perspective on uh, that I, I, is the reason I brought him on. And that is his uh, repricing and um, specifically private label repricing. Everyone's heard of, you know, resellers. They're, they're all in the repricing game. But... Um, what's newer and certainly of uh, as uh, you know, definitely where the the puck is moving is this private label pricing. So, um, hi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Scott. So I'm really excited to talk about the private label pricing with you. Yes. So um, we're thinking about this. Like you got different parameters. You are not you know if you're in private label or if you're a brand. You're not fighting against other people. You're not repricing against people on the same listing, but you can and should still be considering, you know, what do you price your product at? And um, you can throw your dart at the board and be like, well, we say the competition is at $25. We're going to go in at 35 and just say we're a premium product. Or you can use um, something a little more analytical. You can do uh, what I believe actually gets done in retail stores uh, sometimes. This is before uh, repricers, they would do um, elasticity or velocity-based pricing where they're like, okay, at what price does this fly off the shelves? And at what price do people like pause? And to do that on Amazon, you know, it's a little bit easier. Uh, we, we can You can pull a lot of data in. But um, obviously, people, you know, we want technology to do stuff for us. And um, so that's the ideas. Hi, uh, in your experience, I'm going to ask you some questions more about like, you know, the, the, the tool that you offer. But like, just we also wanted to hit the ideas that, you know, what, what we would want ideally in a, a repricer that's like doing it for a brand or a private label. So when you're repricing, like you can move up and down. What are the conditions in which you think that like, you know, uh, a private label brand should consider going one direction or the other? 
No, that's a great uh, starting point. And as you said, uh, also being an Amazon seller, I was always, you know, focused when I was doing reselling, you know, how to win the buy box, dominate the buy box, increase the price. So every reseller knows about repricing. And when I talk to private labels, they are like, no, 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 I don't want to change my price. But I always give this example. The number one, uh, you know, Amazon seller is Amazon. And what Amazon is doing with more than 350 brands, they are changing the price every day. Not only that, they also kind of like buy from a lot of like suppliers as they are like, and then they sell it on Amazon and they change the price as well. So um, Amazon is doing it with their own brands as well as all the brands they are exclusively selling on Amazon. They change the price every day. What we did was like, we looked at into that, like what are the criteria, like the, the Amazon is changing the prices. And the number one thing, which is very important now, we are in Q4, is the inventory-based pricing. Because all right. yep. we can start with that one, right? Because, um, I mean, and I'm not even going to talk about EVA because let's talk about like the business cases, why definitely I believe every single brand private label needs to change the prices every day. Now, the number one inventory-based pricing, where the in Q4, it's already really hard to replenish the stock. You know, Amazon doesn't allow you. So you want to, you know, probably all our listeners already send the stock to Amazon as we speak. So they're just waiting how the Q4 performance will look like. And as the stock is going down, um, you know, there should be a way of like, uh, because there's no way to replenish, at least to maximize the profit and avoid and delay the stock out. Because if um, if the if the SQ is out of stock, what will happen is like it will impact the rankings. Um, it will impact the BSR, the keyword rankings and all that stuff. And also it's a dissatisfaction situation, right? If the customer cannot see that product or if it is out of stock, they can just go and buy the alternative and maybe you lose that customer permanently. So it's much better to have a product which is a little bit maybe priced higher than normal and everybody can understand that. It's demand-based. Right. Uh, so so that's, that's number one priority is like yeah. delay that stock out. I always say go out kicking and screaming. You know, if you're going to stock out, like make sure that like uh, – you know, you you don't just like rush to it. Um, and especially in Q4, I mean, like Q4 in general, there are stockouts. Uh, this one is going to be no exception. We're going to see a lot of uh, uncomfortable uh, stockouts for some sellers. And, you know, they, they there's no reason not to, um, you know, in, increase your, your your prices. This is uh, well. There there could be a reason, and it's it's worth exploring. Is if you raise your prices, you may decrease your conversion rate. So, um, and we were actually talking about this, me and Hi, like that. Um, there's a point in raising your prices where, like, it actually might start to hurt things. And um, so, if you're repricing it. There's usually a few, maybe a few dollars that you can go up and actually doesn't affect your sales at all. But if you start to get a little bit greedy, you know, there's a certain point where like people start to, to be less interested and start to look at your competition a little bit more. Um, 
now as you're like flexing back and forth between high prices and low prices like uh is it worth sacrificing conversion rate um is it uh for the extra you know net profit or should uh we be doing different things well certainly we want the eva to make sure that you know eva is looking at the conversion rates as well and which is the case but at the same time the number one priority is to avoid the stack out, to delay the stack out. And then number two is to make sure that, you know, there is still the same velocity. Uh, but at the same time, you know, as the prices are increasing, the velocity is, you know, gradually going down, which is understandable, but which is acceptable because that's also the, the kind of the algorithm. The, the point is not to take the velocity so much down or the conversion so much down. So that's why there you need this smart or intelligent algorithm, which is balancing the two. There is one more thing. Some of the sellers just increase the price like 10%, 20% up. At that point, what Amazon will look at is also the retail price or Shopify price, Walmart price, that's kind of built in in the algorithm of Amazon. And then they was, they, Amazon will suppress the buy box, right? Which nobody wants. Like you may want to increase the prices or even decrease the prices in some situations, but, but no sell, nobody wants to have a suppressed buy box on the listing because if there is no buy box, then um, you're going to lose 30% of your sales, like even if it is a private label. And we see that all the time it's happening uh, because of like Amazon is checking all the other prices as well. So taking this into consideration when like changing the prices is another thing that that the tool should do. And that's what Eva is doing. As soon as there is a suppression, the tool will take that just right. hold down. Make now, sure that let's, let's assume that um, stock isn't an issue anymore. Um, and you know, you've got very consistent stock. You're you're always going to be in. Um, now, what are the things uh, that you should be considering? The second one would be the the demand. Like as the demand is increasing, why not to have like that incorporated into the algorithm and increases the increase the prices? Then the question that we looked at was what demand we are looking at because like is it like yesterday's demand or last week last quarter last year because they're like different things right we put all these parameters into the ai and you know many of our um you know listeners probably they don't know how this ai works although everybody is claiming that there is ai in everywhere but you know the ai works based on like the data sets like you add a lot of data into ai it's like a neural network which gets all the data and then comes with like a next best decision and if the decision is not very much right then then the ai will kind of correct itself you know well, and then I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because um artificial intelligence right now is kind of a buzzword and people it's it's marketing speak and there's a lot of things that people say is like technically artificial intelligence ai and it's not whereas a neural network like no that that is the classical definition of like it falls in computer science uh ai so you're saying that like you guys have uh, a neural network to make decisions or is yeah. there like 
I mean, somehow I'm I'm a uh, I'm a uh, computer engineer myself. I mean, I did my master's in the artificial intelligence. Well, that was 20 years ago when the computer power was not even enough to model what we were kind of like. We did that. We have the model, but we don't have the power to kind of execute that. Well, today it's really kind of like elastic with all the cloud, AWS, you know, Microsoft, like the technologies there. And what we did was like, you know, we have the model and we add the data sets and the next best actions to our neural network model to come up with the, 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 um, the next action. So I'm assuming the next best, the next best action is just looking at you know former prices and seeing like what um, the actualized um, uh, sell through was, um, but you know sometimes there may be changing conditions uh, based off of competition. Maybe they are stocking out. Are you throwing in a uh, what component? is your competing products or categories uh, into uh, the, the repricing decision? What we found out is the best, the best way to get the next best price if we have the data for the last 24 months. That's why like in our technology, we always get the last 24 months of data. Obviously for many products, maybe they are new products and the data is not there. If the data is there, we are able to look at what happened last year and also like that really helps us, you know, uh, and the AI to work even in a much better way. But it's mostly about the, the result, like right? rather than the reasons. Because for example, advertising is a reason or maybe the competitor is out of stock is there is another one but there is also the results of those reasons like how much you spend on advertising and as a result you get sales like the system is and to to make it more normalized we are not looking at for example as as i mentioned like what happened yesterday oh great result now let's increase the price because it doesn't happen like that you need to look at like a lot of factors and normalize it like for example the last 12 weeks, same day data and how that worked. And that kind of things then give you a much better result uh, in terms of like deciding the next best action. And uh, that's all about like, um, you know, the, the demand-based pricing. Now, we try to always get the trends. Uh, the trend is something like we try to look at what happened last year, but also we look at similar products. Okay, so how does that component work into it, the, the similar products? So that's something like we started like a couple of months ago. It's one of the things that all our private label guys are asking because they know which products they are competing with. For example, same factory in China, like two brands, they're almost a similar product. And, uh, you know, let's say one is $20, the other one is 25. And the $25 version, uh, like they put a lot of advertising on it, but it doesn't work because there is exactly the similar product, which is at $20. So, you know, many advertising agencies say like the pricing is not the, the major thing, but I think this is one of the three reasons why the Amazon buyers are buying from Amazon. So what we do is like... Yeah, you can't tell me that price isn't a factor. I mean, like I, as, a, as an educated shopper, 
I actually have a bias against someone that's advertising at me. And so not only will I look at that, but if they're more expensive than the top organic result, like I, you know, I have, I just, it's part of the context. You know, you can't, you can advertise all you want, but if your price is wrong, your price is wrong. Absolutely. And that's where what we do is like, we let the seller to decide, to find out like, which are the products that are similar and how they want to price against them. For example, there is one other product which has 10,000 reviews. It's similar. Uh, let's say that our customer's product has only, let's say, 100 reviews. So you want to be always 5% less than the product, than the other product. So they can just configure that into the equation. Or maybe another product is just new in the market and they want to be always 15% higher than the other product. So they can just like define the competitive landscape. Like they can pick like a couple of products or we can do that for them too. It's pretty easy by just like doing the keyword searches. It's very easy to find out, but we don't automate that piece. Although we can, we do not believe automation in that because it's very easy to find that competitive products and then put some rules to to for the for the brand to to you know kind of do the uh, pricing according to that. Uh, obviously, uh, what happens then is like there is inventory based pricing, there is similar product pricing, there is all the velocity, demand, trend based pricing, and that all needs to work together as well. You know that. Yeah, no, no, that makes actually a lot of sense. Like those are three different. Um, ideas behind uh, what would be private label repricing. Now, um, how should you consider this, whether your portfolio of products is like, say you have two heroes and that's it. You're just like a one, you know, stop shop versus like, say you have 200 products. You're a brand of like mid-tier SKUs. For us, you know, because it doesn't really change much, you know, it, um, you know, one of the things also like, I mean, maybe there are a couple of other things. One is like uh, parent-child relationships on the on the pricing, because there might be a lot of like excuse, which are the ch ch children of the parent, but the parent is not priced and the children are priced. And, in, and it depends on the way you define your business, because you definitely want the red shirt. It's okay if the red shirt is a bit higher priced than the blue shirt. Although the first time people hear about it, they always say, no, 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 I want all of them to be the same price. But I tell them, look, you know, the, the red Tesla, it costs $1,000 more than the blue Tesla. What's the point here? You should just think about the same way. And we have already tested it like thousands of times. Even people just go and buy this, 50 cents uh, higher priced red shirt all the time. I don't know why, but that's psychology, you know, like people like it. So we also have this parent-child pricing incorporated into, uh, you know, our thinking. Um, and, you know, back to maybe your question, as long as there is velocity, as long as the product is selling, there is a lot of data. And then the EVA or the engine can find the best price. Now, if the product is not selling, Typically, if less than 15 units a month, there is not enough data. So we tell the customers, you know, the best is like to just, you know, keep it on a static price and the system will kick in as soon as there is more velocity happening with the price, you know, so that's, uh, that's how it works. So, I mean, you're a seller, 
first. Uh, that's kind of what got you in the game. What made you think to, you know, to build this stuff out? I mean, uh, one of the things was always um, looking at Amazon and how Amazon is growing the brands, you know, when it started with Amazon Basics and with all the brands. And we have seen that the dynamic pricing just becomes like the reality of the, the Amazon prices. And then when the big aggregators come into the picture, one of them also started using that and we developed it, you know, kind of, um, you know, for, for, for this aggregator. And, and then we came into the, the, you know, like the more sellers joined in the system. It's very easy to see that it just helps you to make more profits because we can just look at oh, yeah, no, no, no. days. We, we, we do much of a, a similar thing. Um, I, I have a private label business and, um, we do the stock out repricing. Um, what else? Um, I don't do this optimization though around, um, I guess, velocity based pricing, you know, where like our products are selling like say five a day. Can we move up to, can we move up a dollar or two and still sell at the same rate? We're not doing that experiment. And I actually gave up. I was like, Hey guys, like, I know there's something here that we can do. I'm just not going to do it. Um, it takes uh, a lot of effort. And now that I'm trying to sell that uh, private label business, I, you know, every bit of profit that we could have gleaned and then and, and increased, um, it goes straight into, you know, our sell price. So, um you know, I we, we did fairly well. Like we we actually raised the prices significantly with, with actually a fair amount of success. But you know, not unilaterally. I think we could have maybe even squeezed out a little bit more. Um, you know, that's the for me the Amazon business is always about squeezing a bit more. You know, and that's what we are trying to help all the sellers. Uh, maybe like the aggregators are the only ones they have a lot of money. Maybe they do a lot of other things. But for a typical Amazon seller, it's about like oh. finding one cent or two cents more, you know? <laughs> yeah. Aggregators have money. doesn't mean they have smarts. Um, it, 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 I, I do think you have to get in the weeds of Amazon to, uh, to actually, you know, to pull out the extra revenue. Um, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, there are two more cases. Maybe I can also talk about them sure. because it's very interesting. Uh, one is the hijackers. Like a lot of private labels, they think that nobody else is selling on their listing. But when we look at the buy box ownership, it's like between 85 to 95%. And that's something like I did an analysis with 100 private labels, and they all claim nobody else is selling on their listing. Now, when we started like doing the, the private label pricing, we because we, we, have, we have a way of visualizing whole the, the whole competition with Eva, we were able to see that there is always somebody else selling on this listing, either doing some retail arbitrage, online arbitrage, or finding the same product from a distributor uh, with a better price. Or what, so, if it's, what if it's Amazon Warehouse? Um, you know, that's another thing. That's another thing. I I am not sure if we I don't know like but that that's definitely the Amazon warehouse is the other the other guy which always uh, pops up you know in the listings too so uh, the question is there are different approaches to that now we tried A B testing one way is like 
forget about them. They are selling my product. I don't care. But my question, like to a supplement seller, how do you know that they are just selling some products? It's just a bad reputation for your product if the expired date is maybe very, uh, you know, close to the end, you know. So, you know, like there are all these things, right? So what we do is like, it's like an insurance policy. The, the, the EVA, the engine becomes super aggressive if somebody comes in 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 one minute, the engine will try to beat it, uh, beat that competitor or the hijacker, and gets the buy box. Do not let the guy to sell. The, our experience is in forty eight hours. Typically, the hijacker is liquidating from a much lower price, and they leave the listing and they don't come back because if they are not profitable on selling this, they have thousands of other. Uh, other things like to sell, right? It's like, uh, you know, having an uh, alarm on, in front of your house, like there is no need to go to your house because some something is blinking there. Just go to I the other. did not consider it. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, of course you lose money by pricing lower, but um, you, you have to let them know that like you're going to react. Exactly. Like sending them a letter, don't sell on my listing, will take one month and nobody will care about that letter. So if, if the, you know, the private labels are trying to avoid them by doing this kind of things, it will not work. The best way is like, just give the, the just, you know, the machine aggressively, um, you know, dominates the buy box. Do not let it go. And basically in two days, we see that the hijackers just, you know, we did it with hundred sellers the buy box win rate went up to like almost 100%. And then we never see the same uh, resellers coming back to the listing like because they don't want to, you know, they, they lost money. So what's the point for them to come back? Uh, to avoid any loss, like, you know, we are not trying to, it's not a race to the bottom. There's always a, a, a price threshold that the, the owner defines and the, 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 the engine will never go below that threshold anyway. So I think, you know, that's another important way of like using the, the dynamic pricing, you know, to avoid the hijackers as well. Very interesting. No, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, all right, well, there's the, those are a lot of good scenarios there. And I, you know, like I said, it's very important. Um, uh, I wonder. If I have another scenario for you. Like what okay. we do. Like uh, it's also interesting. I'm sure you'll like it. We have a way of also doing time-based pricing. It means that, for example, like it's a scheduled pricing. Like uh, when a private label, let's say, there are two different scenarios here. Number one is like there is a product and it's seasonal. You want to sell it in the next nine months. But the first month profit, you, you want to get like maybe 50%. Next month is 45 is okay. Next month, 40% is okay. And at the end, you want to liquidate it. You don't want to keep it like after nine months. You want to change the inventory. It's like a new model is coming, etc. So you can easily model this like every 30 days, I want to have a minimum price 10% less than the uh, the previous minimum price, you know, so you can always model the price based on the time, based on the seasonality. That's one way. You can also like a lot of sellers when they start selling a new 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 uh, product, they want to keep the um, the margin low. That's another strategy, right? Like they can. I want to have a lower margin in the beginning, 
And three months later, I want to increase it by 10% every month. Why? Because the supply, you see that you, you think that the ratings should go up, reviews should go up. So why should you wait, you know, um, to increase the price? You know, you can make more money and increase the price over the time. So you can also model that easily with a with a dynamic pricing engine. That's what we do as well. Uh, yeah, I like that. Uh, you know, that's pretty, that's a pretty uh, classic uh, launch technique. You got to, you know, you can't be super greedy when you're starting. And then, you know, as you have reviews, those sales come a little bit easier. That helps your conversion rate overall. Awesome. Right. Well, um, hi, thank you so much for coming in and talking about this. Um, you clearly have, uh, you know, it's a very uh, dynamic sector and, and especially like the the latest being how private label sellers need to be considering, you know, repricers and whatnot. I've done, uh, I've dabbled in this myself. I'm unfortunately, you know, um, my private label business that we're, uh, you know, actually off to try and sell in the next few weeks. Maybe by the time this goes live, we're, we've already sold. Um, we didn't do all of these techniques. We did a few, but um, I kind of just had given up. So um, would have been very interesting to see if we could have pulled off more. Um, well, uh, your 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 company, your platform is uh, Ava. It's like Ava.guru. So it's Ava.guru and every any private label brand seller can go and do, start a 15 days free trial uh, we always help uh, with our onboarding call to make sure that everything is set up right, but it only takes 30 minutes. Uh, and we always help. Uh, we have a 24 by 7 support with our uh, software platform to help the private labels. And uh, and they, everybody can try it and see it in 15 days, the whole value. It's really easy to see. That. Awesome. Okay, that's uh, that's pretty good. Well, um, that uh, should uh, thank you so much for coming to the episode. This was really good, good, uh, good subject to hit, especially during Q4 as um, stockouts are going to be uh, plenty. So hopefully you guys, ha- yeah, hopefully you guys are having a good Q4 and uh, being able to like actually be around on Amazon during the most profitable time to be a seller. Okay, and. So that's it. And stay tuned, everyone, for uh, future episodes. Uh, And uh, have a good one. One, two, three. (laughs)